0: You're listening to the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, episode 27. And today I'm going to share with you the deep, dark world of exam marking. Actually, it's not that dark. Although it is pretty deep, there is quite a bit to it. And as you probably know by now, I absolutely love all of this. And so I want to share some of my highlights and most memorable takeaways of exam marking with external exam boards with you. So stay tuned. (laughs) I'm Katie Jones, and with over 15 years in education as an award-winning high school teacher, international external examiner, and as a study coach, I've helped thousands of students skyrocket their results and confidence. And this podcast is where I share all my insights, tactics, and tips with you, the parent, so you can help your hardworking team get happy, smart, and successful in their study and have you both enjoy the journey along the way this is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast. Hi VIPs, welcome inside my world of exam marking. Oh my goodness, right now I am. Two days of exam marker training and 390 exam papers so far into ATAR exam marking as I record this. And I've already got lots of thoughts and observations jotted down that I really want to share with you and I will do that in as much detail as I'm allowed to as soon as the results and papers are released and once I've finished of course all of the marking and have actually distilled all of my jottings and notes for you because right now that would just be a big mass of do this don't do this on the podcast so I definitely want to order them and distill them nicely for you but as I I was thinking ahead to doing that. And as I'm engrossed in exam marking right now, and as happens every year that I do exam marking, it brings up all of the memories of my past years of exam marking and all the things I've picked up and been able to pass on to students from those along the way. So today, I'm going to share a few of my most memorable exam marker experiences that I think will be helpful to you and that you can also pass on to your teen. And it will give you a little bit of the story behind how I have become a self-confessed exam geek along the way, getting in on every opportunity I've been able to to get behind the scenes and into the inner workings of exams. And in a nutshell, it's really because external exam marking has been the one thing over and above all my other teacher training and professional development that I feel has really enabled me to help so many students in the way that I do, to reduce their stress in their study, to boost their confidence in exams and in their exam prep, and help them to handle their assignments and everyday study much more strategically, to have them catapult their results for themselves and do it independently because the way I see it is if your team can master exams they can absolutely nail every other part of their study as well. So actively seeking out these opportunities to work with exam boards is really how I've been able to mark for all different types of exams, different types of questions from graphs being constructed from data to analysis of maps from NAPLAN writing tests through to year 12 1500 word writing test exams. I've marked across different exam boards for different types of assessments at a variety of levels and for a variety of national and state exams. And it's by doing all of that that I've been able to see so many different types of questions and then see over time so many ways that the skills overlap and really develop a systematic approach to all of it that any student can do for themselves as well. And as you can imagine, the actual practicalities of marking have changed quite a bit as well over the years from having post bags of papers to mark by hand through to the online scanning and marking systems that we have today. But I'll tell you what hasn't changed. It's the ways that questions are written and worded and the ways that mark schemes are structured and applied. And that is why I love this stuff so much. I love that the techniques and the elements within and behind it are all truly what I call universal. They work across different subjects, different year groups and different exam boards. And I love seeing how the levels of demand change through the year groups and the topics and content change across different subjects. But the actual concepts, the systems, the strategies, the six elements of exam technique don't actually change. So Let's start off going way back to a land and time far, far away <laughs> with my first ever external exam marker role, which was in the UK when I first started working with the AQA exam board for their GCSE geography exam in 2010. This was over 12 years ago now, but saying 2010 still feels like that should have been like maybe four or five years ago. (laughs) Anyhow, the GCSE exams are what would be the equivalent of year 10 in Australia or year 11 in New Zealand. And at that time, I was in my fourth year of teaching. I was teaching geography at this point in the UK. In England, you only have to have one subject that you specialize in as a high school teacher. And for me, that was geography. Fun fact, I didn't become a teacher straight away. I actually got into teaching from working in the environmental field. And after finishing my degree, which was a joint honours in biology and geography, I worked for about a year as a site analyst for environmental consultancy and then honestly having gotten over very quickly the massive amount of commuting that that involved around London and really just being sat on roads and traffic a whole lot. That sounded so glamorous at first. Commuting around London, it really wasn't. And then also with a lot of that work being on building sites, I wasn't exactly feeling like I was really saving much of the planet or doing much actual environmental work. So I then went and worked for a conservation charity and we used to get lots of inquiries from students looking for data or resources for their school projects and I used to really like replying to those and at the same time I also found myself getting kind of a little bit frustrated about how much of this conservation charity's marketing was to let's just say the older members of the population. Now I got it, Older people were the ones who were more likely thinking about leaving some spaces, maybe in their wills, to donate to charities. And of course, charities need donations. So I know it sounds like a little bit of a cliche, but I really did feel like we should have been doing more for the younger people who'd actually be growing up making choices and having longer term impacts on the environment. So fast forward a couple of years to me eventually becoming a geography teacher, and it has been such a great subject, not just because I love all of the content, but because it actually tests and involves so many different skills. There's numeracy, there's visuals, and of course, the writing. So from an exam technique and experience perspective, there's a huge variety of of types of questions that get tested. So anyhow, I was well into my groove by this time. I loved teaching. I felt like I just about had the capacity by now. I can tell you teaching in the UK is full on. So I just had the headspace to really take on an extra challenge. And I applied to become an external exam board marker for the GCSE exams in 2010. Because over the years, I'd become curious about what really went on behind the scenes of those big exam boards and the final exams. And actually, I was a head of department by this point. So some of that really came from things like making decisions on things like exam boards and what tier papers to put students in for and really having to analyze their results. So I was curious as to how those exams were really written. Who does it? How do they decide what to test and how to word the questions? How do they decide what gets a mark and what doesn't? So I applied and got accepted as an exam marker, and back then, we used to go to big in-person meetings to do exam marker training. So we went, we did all of the training, and then we were posted the exam papers, we marked a few of them, had to post them back off to have our marking checked, and then did the other, gosh couple few hundred (laughs) once we'd been approved and still had a few of those checked along the way. And we had to post them back in these big, special, gray, secure, like satchel things. And that whole system feels pretty old fashioned now, but the beauty of that system meant that you actually marked the whole paper, which was great in terms of the variety of questions that you saw and all of the different responses that you marked and getting that in-depth training for all of the questions on the paper. So I definitely had an experience of feeling like I'd gone behind the curtain. I was amongst the senior examiners and having them dissect not just every question, but also every mark on the marking guide. And that whole experience was everything I hoped it would be, which I know sounds more like a comment someone would make about going to, I don't know, Disneyland. I don't think it's a phrase that any student has ever said in relation to exams. It was everything I hoped it would be. (laughs) But honestly, it really was. The money we got paid was for sure, of course, very welcome. But that experience truly did set me off on the path I'm on now and have been ever since. Because my most memorable moment from that year of marking is something that I still share with parents and students today. I even share it in professional development workshops that I lead for teachers here in Australia. And I'll tell you exactly what it was it was the mark scheme for an extended response question where it had a source which was a sketch of a factory development causing all sorts of environmental problems and I can't remember the exact wording of the question but the students had to write about the impacts of that development on that area and the one thing this was the thing that totally hooked me forever was the cutoff as to whether a particular description in the student's answers would be counted as detailed or not. So here's what it was. The mark scheme stated that where a student has written about pollution being an impact, to have their response classed as detailed as opposed to clear on the mark scheme, so they have these differentiators, is it clear or is it detailed? One of the determining factors was that they had to state what type of pollution it was that they were writing about. They had to explicitly say visual pollution or water pollution or sound pollution or whatever it was. So if they wrote something like, the factory is creating pollution, which is killing the fish in the nearby lake, that wouldn't be credited as detailed. They needed to say, and listen for this tiny change, the factory is creating water pollution, which is killing the fish in the nearby lake. Now, I'm just, of course, summarizing here. Of course, for an extended response, they needed more impacts and they needed more detail than just that overall. And there were more marking descriptors covering all of the aspects of the content. But for that particular descriptor, as part of what makes a detailed response, they had to explicitly state what type of pollution was happening. And of course, once we got into the marking there were some responses where you could tell exactly what type of pollution they were talking about. If they were talking about fish being killed, they weren't going to be talking about the visual pollution. But here's the thing. Here's the subtle tip that I want to share with you. One of the things we cannot do as markers is read meaning into an answer. And sometimes this is also called applying our own understanding to an answer. That means we can literally only mark what is written on the page. We cannot kind of fill in the gaps, even though our brains naturally want to. We can't add in what we believe the student meant to say. And this is not a criticism of exam boards or that mark scheme. I don't think these things are Always maybe quite perfect, but I also know that lines do have to be drawn somewhere. And what matters, therefore, is that your teen knows what that degree of detail needs to be, what specificity they are expected to have in their answers. And I can tell you that every year there are some heated debates, let's say, about what should get a mark and what shouldn't during our exam marker training. And every year, We are told the same. The mark scheme is final and our only job is to apply it accurately. And so there were students who'd written otherwise excellent answers, but who were dropped down in one particular criteria because they hadn't specifically stated the type of pollution, even though it may well have been clear what it was from the rest of their writing. And now I was not getting involved in any heated debates. I was the new kid on the block. It was my first ever year of exam marking. But did I go back and tell all of my students in our very next lessons back in the classroom? Okay, every time you write the word pollution from now on, you have to write the type of pollution that it is. Did I go back and tell them that? Absolutely. 100%. All of my classes knew this. Now, I only got to do one round of external marking in the UK before I then ended up moving out to Australia. And again, it took me a little while to find my way into it here as well. But once I did, you probably know what I'm going to say. It turns out that what creates success came down to the same things. That's being able to dissect the question, knowing how that translates to marks on the mark scheme, and then knowing how having the skills To meet those descriptors. And the first major exam related moment I had in Australia was actually when I was teaching in Sydney. So it wasn't during any official exam marking, I was doing some exam technique. Teaching because I'd already started trying to integrate this into my lessons as soon as I'd had that experience back in the UK. And I was doing this with one of my year 11 classes. I had a society and culture class, and they had done a practice essay exam. And we were doing what I know most students hate doing, and that's reviewing it, going through, pulling it apart with a fine tooth comb because I'd marked all of their papers and I knew that there was a huge amount we could get out of that. And so I'd gone and photocopied and anonymized some responses or sections of their responses so that we could really dive a lot deeper into where they got marks and where they lost marks and what really made one sentence reach a higher criteria than another. So As you can imagine, it wasn't exactly the most active and exciting lesson for them, but I knew it was super valuable. So I did it anyway. And right in the middle of one of our own little mini heated debates that was going on of, but they wrote this and I wrote that. One of the students just slapped her hands on the desk. And instead of saying what I thought she was going to say, which was going to be something like, oh my goodness, this is so dull, or this is ridiculous. Honestly, my stomach did sink a little bit in that second. She actually looked at me and she said, oh my god, miss, this is gold. And a few of the others then sort of chipped in with, yeah, this is actually really helpful. We've never done anything like this before. And they even had some smiles on their faces. And so with a bit more of a chat, I realized that they'd never really done anything quite so detailed or really understood how the mark scheme really worked and how to make all this work for themselves. So What I want to share with you here is that if your teen is not reviewing their completed tasks, like really dissecting and scrutinizing them to within an inch of their life, maybe not quite, but kind of, either their formal assessments or practice ones, then they are missing out on a huge amount of, as that student put it, gold. Now, to help you with this, I did do a whole podcast episode on doing exactly that back in episode 13 called Assessment Postmortems. So I will link that up in the show notes and you can go and check that out if you feel like you could use some input on that. And I always wish that I could say that that little magic teacher moment was the moment that I decided to start rock solid study, but it wasn't as romantic as that. And I clearly wasn't as quick off the mark as that with things, but I will say that it was definitely one of the seeds that got planted in my brain to make me really want to share this sort of training more widely and really made me realize how little students are really taught with this. And given that I'd never really done it either until I started exam board marking, it's no surprise. So again, no criticism here, just my observations and experiences. And so next, in terms of exam board work, I became a NAPLAN writing test marker. And I know that is a bit of a diversion. And seeing as this episode is already getting about the length of an episode, I will leave you today with that major cliffhanger, NAPLAN marking. Dun dun dun. <laughs> what on earth will happen next? But I have got a lot more I want to share with you on all of this, like the exact 10 marking criteria that your teen should be using in any of their English writing tasks. And also, another one I have is how one command word messed up a significant number of students in a maths question when I was marking year 12 exams a few years later. So a big wide spread of lots more exam experience to share with you. And yes, I will explain how I've gotten to marking maths exam questions as well as English writing test papers, having first started out as a geography teacher. So all of that to come next week. Have a brilliant week and I will see you then. Bye ready to have your teen achieve their best possible results with less stress, then I want to invite you to enroll them in the 10-week grade transformation program, where they're going to learn the key concepts, skills, and strategies to catapult their performance in assessments and exams. It's risk-free. They either achieve bigger and better results with a whole lot more confidence in 10 weeks, or we refund you in full. Just head over to www.rocksolidstudy.com forward slash program and I'll see you there.